Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome once again to Curious K Podcast. Uh, my name is Kolakwa, and I'm your host. And today we are having a very interesting guest on the show. Today uh, is an amazing guy. Uh, he's a friend, an investor, a mentor. The list goes on and on. <laughs> and, and as you know, uh, Curious K Podcast is a show where we have conversation with people building amazing projects, stuff in Africa, and people working just to drive impact on the continent, you know, investors, policy makers, and that's what we do on Curious K Podcast. And so today, it's really going to be a very interesting conversation with my man, Nicholas Wayne, <laughs> fresh out of Sweden. Absolutely. Fresh out of Sweden, originally from Colombia. But, you know, when did we start talking? Is it nine years ago? No, seven years ago, six years ago. Something like that, right? Yeah, I think uh, 2014. So that's like six, seven years. Holy shit. Yeah, seven years ago, six, seven years ago. So, um, yeah, my name is Nicholas Wern. I work today as a, well, both an entrepreneur, also as a consultant. I have my own company, started that a couple of years ago, uh, consulting mainly with <clears throat> digital tr- digital transformation strategies and strategy innovation, as well as technology and in different fields, um, mainly focusing on digital twins as a sort of like a product or a concept or a technology to sort of help, you know, save all, you know, what, what, what I always say that, you know, my mission the last 20 years has been, you know, to solve all the problems in the world and i figured that out like six months ago the problem is that when i say that i can say like solve all the problems in the world no one really cares so well, what i say right now and I, you know you don't have to listen to what i just said it's just you know help companies make smarter decisions faster in you know multiple industries as in smart buildings uh, infrastructure manufacturing national digital twin strategies healthcare uh, you name it basically so that's what I'm doing today. And it's a lot of fun. But as you know, this started out with, you know, the, the doing impact globally and with audiobooks. And it just so happened that that's how we connected. Yeah, seven years ago in yeah. Lagos in Nigeria. So yeah. uh, that's been I mean, it's been an amazing journey, to be honest. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the for sharing that about yourself, uh, Nicolas. So uh, just to give a background, uh, Nicolas is actually one of the first investors uh, in the startup I built seven years ago, which is Talking Book. It's an audio book company. And Nicolas has never been to Nigeria then. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I've never been there now either. Yeah, I've met, no, I've met you yeah. two times. I've never met uh, Damilola Ranciola, you know, ever, right? And yeah. I mean, I, I think like, this is interesting because I never knew anything about Africa, to be honest. And again, you know, I'm from Sweden, uh, you know, not born, but definitely raised here since, since I was 10 months old. And then, you know, doing a lot of different things internationally in South Korea and Switzerland and, you know, worked in UK and studied elsewhere and all this stuff. But Africa, you know, up until I think seven years ago was this country Okay, not a continent. It was this country. Okay, I so mean, that's that, the way you see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, absolutely. You know, it's just a, it's a country, big country, <laughs> almost. Of course, I knew it was a continent if someone had asked me. But you know, the way that we thought about it, the way that I thought about it, was definitely it's the same. Uh, and of course, that was you know being super stupid, obviously. Uh, and you know, talking to you 
has made, you know, and everyone else, you know, doing some work in Tanzania and, you know, Kenya on the East Coast and or East Coast, I said it again, on the East Coast of the continent, so to say, um, has been, you know, I mean, fantastic for my life, to be honest. That year, seven years ago, and those couple of years, to be honest, when I, you know, invested, we started working and we were selected as one of the most, you know, one of the 1,000 most promising startups in Africa by TEEP, Tony Lumalu uh, Entrepreneurship Foundation. Uh, or program, I think um, that was, you know, phenomenal. And all the, you know, the 200 plus conversations that I've had with, especially people from Nigeria, but also other countries uh, in the African continent has been, I don't think I've had one bad conversation, to be honest. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's been amazing. And just learning about where Nigeria is, you know, where Hausa, um, uh, Joroba, uh, and what's this, what's the third one? Sorry about that. Igbo. Uh, Igbo. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, actually some of my team are from, you know, from Igbo as well as Yoruba. So I, my deepest apologies, of course. Um, it's, it's just been, you know, life opening or like what do you call it, you know, it's, it's been amazing understanding and learning about new cultures, of course, and, you know, specific stuff, uh, that is for every country. And yeah, I think it just goes back to Sweden. You know, they think about Sweden as in the Nordics or maybe, you know, European, but the differences between just the Nordic countries or the other countries in Europe are, you know, extremely vast. And of course, I think that's the case with, you know, inside Nigeria, other countries in Africa, of course, as well. But it's so easy uh, to be, you know, have a stereotypes and not understanding these kind of things for good and worse, of course. Um, it's easy to think about that and it's sort of like very, very hard, especially if you come down to investment, because I had the idea, you know, going back seven years that, you know, internet penetration in Nigeria, especially, or sub-Saharan, sub-Saharan Africa was, you know, going through the roof at that time. Uh, audiobooks would, of course, you know, that would be phenomenal, uh, learning more about Nigeria. Everyone sort of speaks English or pidgin English and, you know, this would be great, right? But then, of course, we've soon realized that the audiobooks could be quite big and the transfer rate with data back then, I don't know how, how it is right now, was, you know, it wasn't that fast and it was extremely expensive. So even if this worked in Sweden, which was, you know, the case for audiobooks, it sure as hell didn't work that well, you know, straight off the bat in Nigeria. Uh, so I think these kind of things is, you know, I think you mentioned it in the beginning, uh, I think if there are more opportunities. And I think, you know, there are so many opportunities in Nigeria, of course, especially because that's what I know most about, but of course, Africa as a whole, uh, in so many different areas. Uh, like I said, I've, ne- I've never had a bad meeting. Maybe I've been lucky of the two to 300 people. Everyone that I've talked to has been, you know, like you, super positive, curious. You are a curious K after all. And it's just been, you know, amazing. Um, uh, I mean, it's changed my life for the better, you know, just saying yes to a lot of different things, being open to new cultures. Don't, I mean, realize this is a global landscape that we can play on. And for us to stay in touch for seven years, right? You're one of my best friends and I respect you tremendously. So, I mean, yeah, what can I say? You know, go to Africa, you won't regret it, right? Yeah, you still have to make the trip. So, <laughs> that's true. That's you still true. have to make That's the trip. true. That's true. Yeah. So, what about you mentioned something about stereotypes, right? Uh, yeah. Interestingly, investment, uh, foreign direct investment in Nigeria into startups has increased. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like in 2014, 2015, when you made investment in talking yeah. books. Those were rare investments. But right yeah. now, 
I mean, there's been growth in the ecosystem. So what do you think the stereotype is still like in Europe, uh, in Sweden, for example, as relates to African startups? I don't think a lot of companies think about it, to be honest. And I think it's, it's two ways. I mean, one is the one that you framed, right? As in startups or let's say investors, or I don't know, like startups in Africa. I don't think a lot of people do think about it too much. It's either US, maybe APAC or Europe, not so much Africa. Uh, but I think it's the other way around as well, that if I'm a startup looking for investment, of course, there are a lot of rich people in uh, Nigeria and in Africa as a whole, but I've never heard of, you know, let's go to Africa to seek investment. Maybe that's even more interesting. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about that later, but okay, so just to answer your question, um, I don't think a lot of people think about it too much. I think it's still the same. And maybe this is, again, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but that there is a stereotype, you know, Africa is, you know, big. There are, you know, multiple countries, but not necessarily knowing exactly, you know, which one is what and, you know, the promise and premise. Um, I think it's a bit different between large, you know, global organizations. Then I think, you know, like Unilever uh, that have these uh, FCMG, like fast consumer moving goods, uh, they see definitely, you know, the, um, the growing populations in Nigeria and other countries as sort of like, you know, strategically better than, let's say, Japan or Finland with declining population or declining, you know, population, right? So I think that for, for those perspectives, absolutely. And also internet companies. Uh, but I don't, I, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, top of mind. I wouldn't oh. say that. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Uh, so now I know you're very, you have a podcast as well. And, yep. um, where you have uh, interesting conversation about smart buildings and, you know, stuff like that. I just want you to tell us about your work currently because I know yeah. uh, you talk a lot about, because, I mean, African population is expected to grow. I yeah. mean, we we still we are still building the way we are building hundred yeah. years ago. No, but it's weeks. that's the same. That's the so same, right? What do you think? What do you think <laughs> can change? I mean, what is your company doing? Yeah. And yeah. How do you think the opportunities can scale to this? No, but that's a that's a great you know question, right? So I think um, unfortunately, I wouldn't say even here in Sweden, but you know, even here in Sweden, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we do things you know pretty stupidly. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> talk in you know. 30 minutes uh, at a webinar with some of the leaders in the um, construction industry here in Sweden. We're going to wrap up this Digi Week that has been here with, I think, some of the leading companies in the world, including Skanska, one of the largest, you know, construction companies and, you know, 100 other companies. So we're going to wrap that up and basically talk about what's going to happen in the future. So it's, it's, it's very much the same as in we do things the way that we've always have done it. And then you know, in traditional industries, they don't even expect different results. In some other industries, they do the same things, but expect different results. So I don't know which one is worse, to be honest. You know, keep doing the same things, uh, which, of course, is not going to fly in the future. So to answer your question more concretely, uh, pun almost intended, is that I work with, uh, let's say, a 3D printing company out of uh, the U.S. So they're backed by Hyundai. So there you can take a local you know, concrete. And I know that I think like can go to cement is pretty big. I think it's one of your role models. At, at least it was six to seven years ago. Yeah. So I think that could be definitely an opportunity where you use more local, let's say resources, you 3d print something with three people instead of hundred, and it's going to take, you know, 90% faster than what it's being done today. 
I think that's a phenomenal opportunity for, you know, low income housing, which is of course something that we need over here in Sweden, especially also in the US. And we need to do that fast where the, the 3D modeling, and then now we're going to my sort of subject matter expertise with digital twins is that you can basically create unique uh, buildings uh, at a fraction of the cost uh, because you can modify these 3D models to be tailor-made, sort of at least. Uh, and this is also in its infancy. But I think the, the danger here is that countries which are behind, so to say, and we have this, you know, urbanization, that they're going to copy paste what we do, what we have done, uh, let's say, in um, industrialized com uh, countries. And the problem with that is, of course, it's going to deplete all the Earth resources, you know, too fast. We're not going to be able to keep up. But the other thing is, you know, why would we, you know, why can't the other countries that want to keep up why can't we allow them or allow it sounds so colonialistic and patriarchal i mean sorry about that but it's just it's a problem uh that if we don't do this you know together in nigeria and in sweden and collaborate about the best ways that we can build the future like the buildings of the future there were a big big problem because again if you copy paste something that you know is being done today uh for the most part it doesn't lead to a sustainable and transparent future at all. So those are the things that I'm working with, as in doing things much, much, much faster uh, and better and to be able to share these recipes so that we can, I can do something in Sweden and you can copy paste that into Nigeria and vice versa so that we collaborate on a global playing field in creating the best recipes because the ingredients are out there in terms of, you know, amazing people like you and the other ones in, um, you know, Lagos or Nigeria or other, other areas globally. Uh, the ingredients are here in terms of systems and solutions that we could use. Uh, but the problem right now is I think we don't share enough of the recipes as oh. in what kind of, you know, what are the people that is needed? Uh, what are the, you know, systems that are needed? How can we use AI, of course, artificial intelligence and in what order? Because if you have a cookbook in front of you, uh, you don't, I mean, we could take Dan Lola's amazingly huge book, the biggest book that I've ever seen about marketing, but any kind of book, you have the recipes, right? You have, you know, start with this. And how many eggs? It's two. How many people? Four. It's three, right? And then you go there. But I think we're not there yet. And even if you Google something, you get a lot of ideas. But there is a way that I'm working on right now to share this knowledge. And it's based on the same idea that we had seven years ago with audiobooks, that we share stories. But in this case, it's going to be recipes in how we solve things. Uh, but we do that on a global scale. Because Ooh. we have to realize, you know, we are on this rock you know, uh, you know, hurtling through through space, and it's just us. We we need to collaborate more on a global perspective. I mean, I understand this. I know this because we're in this conversation today, and for me, this is just the same as in being on a webinar in thirty minutes here in Sweden. It's just the same, right? It's just you know, it's the same, but it's different. And of course, you have your, your own unique. What we call it starting points. So that's the only thing that we need to understand. Everything else can be solved. It's just a starting point that is different. Otherwise, you know, we know that there's going to be a future soon. We know that if you fast forward 20 to 30 to 50 years into the future, of course, we've adopted modern technology. Of course, we do things better. Of course, we do things faster. But the thing for most companies today is that 
you know, who will do this? How will we do this? Will we survive? And in what order should we change, have to change, uh, and to be able to simulate the future, to be able to make better decisions today, almost knowing what will happen in the future. So these are the things that I'm working with in multiple industries. And my sense of urgency is, you know, the future of our kids, of course, and that of climate change. I believe the climate change is real. And I believe that it will impact um, less robust infrastructural areas as in developing nations than it will the ones that actually created this mess in the first place, as in Western world, more or less, right? With the oil and gas companies that has polluted this world for, for a long time. And I'm, maybe not, that's not great to say because I know that Nigeria is oil dependent, uh, but I think you know they, those companies also have a uh, responsibility and they're trying, some of them at least, to go that way uh, because there's, you know, abundance of solar energy instead of burning dead dinosaurs. So that's so like a little bit off topic uh, or a lot off topic, obviously. Um, but that's sort of how I see it. And these are the things that I work with. Amazing. I mean, if we, as, as we round up, I would just like to quickly talk about how affordable is this technology, this 3D printed technology you're talking Great about? Great question. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I mean, how long is a rope? Uh, I think it's more, you know, understanding how much the cost is today and also is what the uh, repercussions, implications uh, from a societal perspective or a sustainability perspective. And you have to factor in that cost in the long term uh, as not just in the short term. Uh, so that's a very diplomatic answer, a political answer, of course. But um, it's getting cheaper. I think a 3D printer that can 3D print a four-story building today would go for, how much is it? $800,000. But then taking into account that, you know, we can do with three people that 100 people are doing at a faster pace with less, um, what I call less risk and less um, demand on a global supply chain, which today is, of course, has been problematic during COVID. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the business case have to be there, uh, of course. And that's a, that's a great question. So the affordability is getting, you know, better and better and better and better. But it's also the case, you know, you got to start uh, before you have to, basically. And, and any great thing you'd like to share with us as, as we round up, where are we expecting more investment from you? I mean, coming into the African Nigerian startup ecosystem and just, um, yeah, what, what would you like to tell us? Advising startups uh, and scale-ups and being asked, you know, to help global giants help other global giants. So I'm sort of playing in, you know, the very sort of nitty-gritty scale-ups and startup field, as well as with, you know, multi-billion-dollar companies in different areas. I would say that for any investor, it has to be worth it for them. And the VC track, I see, is also fantastic, of course. But there's also the tokenization opportunities that come with you know, cryptocurrency and alternate ways of investment with uh, SPACs um, and DAOs and, you know, everything that comes with a more modern way of, you know, thinking about currency. But in terms of general startup advice, I would definitely say that uh, I, I used it this, you know, just 30 minutes ago for a startup that uh, wanted me to help them. And I said that, you know, it's not about doing more. It's about doing something, you know, doing less, tighten that down and scale it up. And I, I worry, I mean, I'm afraid of the guy or girl that, you know, I'm, well, let's, let's put it like this. Uh, I'm not afraid of the guy or girl uh, that has practiced 1,000 kicks, you know, one time each. But I'm terrified 
of the guy or girl that has practiced one kick a thousand times. <laughs> That's so, deep. Yeah, and I think that for a startup, you have to be really, really good at something. You scale that up like you wouldn't believe, and then you can land and expand. But I see that's where most a lot of companies fail. That okay, this didn't work. Let's try something else. So we're gonna have like five offerings, while you you don't necessarily have one. Uh, and I I mean I'm suffering from this because I'm doing you know things in 500 different industries. But the one thing that I'm really good at, like my kick that I practice now 1,000 times, is to solve problems super fast. You know that's the kick that I'm really really good in, and it's not tied to one domain. It's domain agnostic, so that's you know keeps me, you know, you know pretty good at that kick, and also to a combination of combining strategy, innovation, and technology that I can understand, you know, hardware, software, AI, and link strategy with technology, in in a way that usually takes you know ten people ten months, and I can do it in one hour at the most. So I think you know understand what your kick is, do that well. And then once you master that kick, you got a black belt in whatever it is that you're gonna do, then you can practice more kicks or whatever that might be, right? That's a general advice, I think. <laughs> Amazing! Thank you very much, Nicolas, <laughs> for being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for for being here. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant.、Uh, I usually, you know, ask the questions. I'm not really answering too many questions. <laughs>、uh, but thank you so much, Kalapo. I mean, I I love to you know come on the show again. I love to have you on my show as well, Beyond Buildings. And I mean, thanks for all the effort that you're doing. And I think just to, you know closing words is that I think one of the main things that you're seeing this uptake in investment in Nigeria is thanks to you. Right. Thanks to you and everyone out there, there are you know phenomenal at this. You're, I mean, I'm so impressed by you, by all of you, and everyone that I met. And I mean, Nigeria for me is like another country, like another mother country, to be honest. And I, I definitely have to go there. So let's aim for that in the next two years at least. Yeah. Don't worry. Once I get my private jet, I'll come straight <laughs> to Kodobok to pick you up. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you so all much. All right. Thank you for being on the show. So, guys, you can check out Nicolas' podcast. It's called、uh, the Beyond Building Podcast, and、um, amazing show. You guys should check it out. Thank you once again, Nicolas, for being on the show, and everyone, thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye.